0: Listener Production Hey there, I'm Ben Sion Siebert and thanks for joining me for this afternoon episode of The Briefing. Before we get into it, just a heads up, in this episode we'll be talking about eating disorders and body image. So if you're not in the headspace to hear about those topics right now, maybe give this one a miss or come back to it later. Now it's likely that you've already come across the hashtag legging legs over the past few weeks, whether it's on your own TikTok feed or the headlines. But if you've missed it, it's all about videos, mostly young women with lean legs that have been posted under the hashtag with this subtext promoting the idea that you need slim legs to wear leggings. It's faced a backlash, with many quick to point out how harmful it is, with fears it could push young women into restrictive eating habits or excessive exercise just to be part of the trend. Now TikTok has intervened, and when you search for hashtag leggings legs, you'll be directed to eating disorder help and resources. But it begs the question, why do these harmful diet culture trends keep coming back? And what's the best way to fight them when they do? Listener journo, Michaela Savage, is here to explore these questions with me. Michaela, thanks for coming
1: in. Thanks for having me.
0: So why is it that we're still talking about diet culture in 2024? Wasn't body positivity supposed to kill this thing years ago?
1: Yeah, well, look, going back to you know what diet culture actually is, right? If you look at what the Butterfly Foundation says, which is the the national charity for all Australians impacted by eating disorders and, and body image issues, diet culture is when dieting is sort of broadly discussed as a set of culturally promoted norms around weight loss, and it also refers to this set of sort of ever changing myths about about bodies and about food. You know, for example, like your body weight equals your health, or um, you know, you must be thin to be healthy, or if you're fat, then you're lazy and unhealthy. Really like idealizing thinness while demonizing fatness and, and also, you know, labeling foods as either good or bad. I think we have come a long way for sure. But, you know, if we were where we actually needed to be, then we probably wouldn't see trends like hashtags, leggings, legs popping up still.
0: Okay. So what is legging legs?
1: Yeah. Well, like you mentioned, it's basically this trend that really gained popularity, I suppose, in the last couple of weeks. It's been around for a lot longer than that, but it, it made headlines because people were so outraged about it. Basically, it was, yeah, just really um, slim, slim women, slim girls posting um, videos and, and pictures of themselves wearing leggings, emphasizing the fact that their thighs didn't touch when they were wearing leggings and saying that this is some sort of desirable trait among people, essentially.
0: Right. And how do we know that this stuff is harmful
1: yeah, well, it's the kind of imagery, I suppose, that has historically been really um, really dangerous for young girls because it promotes eating disorders. Because when these trends really gain traction, when they're really popular, you know, everyone wants to be like that. But it's not actually attainable to have that kind of body for a lot of people. You know, some people are born that way and that's that's great, that's beautiful, but not everybody is. And so people who get caught up with this trend, they're really trying to look this certain way. And they're really likely to sort of delve into those really harmful behaviours like restrictive eating, overexercising, and we know that that's genuinely not healthy physically or mentally.
0: So why do we see these trends resurfacing?
1: Yeah, well, they have a, a massive history of resurfacing. If you take it back a, a few decades, I don't know if you remember, there was this heroin chic trend around the 90s. It was this extremely thin, basically like emaciated look. Think of Calvin Klein ads with supermodels like Kate Moss. And then mm. if we fast forward to the yeah to the 2010s, we see this trend kind of repackaged as the, the thigh gap, which became super, super popular. I remember it from when I was growing up in that era. And it, it was basically leggings legs. It was this idea that if you're skinny enough to stand with your feet together and your thighs don't touch, which by the way, it largely comes down to your bone structure, not you know how much weight you have or you don't have. But anyway, that became really, mm. really desirable. And then for the past few years, we have had this like slightly different slim, thick ideal. You know, think of Kim Kardashian, of course. And we saw this rise of the Brazilian butt lift surgery. Um, and it was a bit of a celebration of curves compared to what we had seen in recent years. But now we're getting to the mid-2020s and this trend has shape-shifted again. We're seeing leggings, legs, stuff like buckle fat removal is really popular. We're seeing the popularization of celebrities using a Zempik, so much so that it's thought to have actually caused shortages of the drug for people who actually need it for diabetes treatment. Mm. And I've had a chat about these trends and the way that they shapeshift to Lauren Miller. She's a PhD candidate at Swinburne University and she's looking into the impacts of like filters in social media on women's perception of themselves and of their bodies. And I asked her how she felt when she first heard about leggings
2: legs. Obviously, the decade cycle of body trends has come back around. We're moving back towards thinness away from sort of like the Kardashian slim, thick ideal that's sort of dominated um, the narrative for the past 10 years. And because that body size was, I guess, a little bit more achievable in some respects, body positivity was able to sort of be attached to it through a more commercialized way. And that is probably going to slip by the wayside once thinness comes back into vogue.
0: So this thing just keeps on coming back. Are we getting any better at recognising these trends when they turn up?
1: Yeah, well, Lauren made a really good point when we were chatting. And it kind of depends on your age and your life experience, right? Because I think young people are left quite vulnerable to these trends because they haven't necessarily experienced the other versions of them before. Whereas if you have been through the the heroin chic or the thigh gap era and you've come out the other side, then you're better placed to recognise these trends and then also dismiss them
2: for younger people it is sort of all brand new to them and they've also developed a very different media literacy to millennials because millennials obviously grew up with sort of like the rise um, and then the ubiquity of the internet whereas young people have just basically always had phones and even without the stressor of having a phone in your hand all the time you just don't really develop media literacy properly until you have had life experience. Like you couldn't really expect them to wade through these things until their mid twenties.
1: Uh, I've also been talking to Melissa Wilton from the Butterfly Foundation about this and here's what her thoughts were.
3: Within a short time of seeing the leggings legs trend, I started to see people actually debunking it. And that was really positive because that hasn't always been the case. But this one, I think everybody really jumped on it. And I think, uh, there are a lot of people who experienced it in the nineties and the thousands who just went no 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 not again we're not letting this happen again.
0: So what is the answer here? Is body positivity what we should be aiming for instead?
1: Well, I think not necessarily. And to to Lauren's point, I think it's quite easy to attach body positivity to certain trends that seem to be more achievable on the surface, but what we're actually doing is still following that. Trend, right? And what we really should be trying to do mm. is ditch them, leave them in the dust, and and not think about them, and not try to hold ourselves to standards that we can't achieve. So there's this slightly newer concept called body neutrality. I don't know if you've heard about it, but it's basically this idea. That you don't really feel positively or negatively about your body. You know, you don't want to hate the way you look or the, the way that you feel. But you also don't necessarily strive towards loving yourself and loving, well or loving your body, I should say, not yourself. And it's this kind of neutral middle ground where you don't focus on it as much. So mm. maybe we should be striving to towards body neutrality rather than body positivity. And I spoke with Melissa about this too.
3: Look, Any of these trends that start to make you feel like you need to change your body shape or change your behaviours so that you have some kind of different body shape to the one that you were born with can be really dangerous and it's really good to recognise those. It's really good to diversify your feed on social media so make sure that you're following lots of different sizes and shapes of people, lots of diversity. Um, If your friends or if people that you know are actually uh, perpetuating some of these harmful trends quietly mute them and just move on and try and fill your feed with a lot more positive stuff And I want to mention, you know, we've we've been focusing
1: on women in this episode, but it's not just about women and girls. You know, these trends and other trends impact men and boys. You know, I've got friends with teenage boys who feel like it's totally normal to have the physique of a bodybuilder because that's all they're seeing in the media, basically. Even though in reality, of course, that's not normal at all. It's something people have to work really, really hard for and can often dip into really unhealthy habits in order to Mm. achieve that look. And there are harmful trends that also impact people of gender diverse identities. And, you know, I don't want to minimize their experiences just because we're not talking about them today. And maybe we should do more episodes on other people's experiences of diet culture. But I do think this is a really important conversation to be having.
0: Absolutely. Well, Michaela, thanks so much for joining us for it. Thanks for having me. Michaela Savage there. And there's an insightful line on diet culture on the Butterfly Foundation website. It says, when we see diet culture as something that exists outside us, as something we're surrounded by and sometimes internalise, it gives us permission to be self-compassionate about our eating practices and reflect on weight loss as a broader political project that can be challenged. And remember, if you do need support with an eating disorder or you've got body Image concerns, you can call Butterfly's National Helpline on 1800 EDHOPE. That's 1800 33 46 73. Or you can chat online or email support at butterfly.org.au. That's it for today. Listen in tomorrow from 6am when we find out if a new drug could make your four legged best friend live a much longer life. And if you want to be part of the show and get an inside look as to how it's made, search The Briefing Podcast on Instagram and join our broadcast channel. I'll be back in the afternoon from 3pm. My name's Benson Siebert. Thanks for joining me.